Devontae Wyatt, you're going to see some similar stuff that you saw from Jordan Davis, but I think they play in a different way. Obviously, he's not as big as Jordan Davis because no one on earth is. But <laughs> Chris Hansen here, and I'm going to need you all to take a seat right over there and check out Birds vs. Like boys. I think you're completely right here, and I hate it. Yep. Hey, idiots. Stop doing dumb things. I got two phones. Upside alert. Upside alert. I might go insane. I think you're already there. There's no hope. Hope Studio. is gone. If this was an AFC North podcast, we'd be done in 15 minutes. Bob Hope. I'm going to drink bleach. That is- be the team you promised me you were going to be this year. This is the Consciously Hopeful podcast. I'll be watching. Welcome to the Birds vs. Boys NFL Draft Prospect Preview Show. Back again for a second year. It was one of our best shows last season, breaking down the NFL Draft Prospects. So we brought it back to make a triumphant return, going through some of the guys that we think our teams are going to select, breaking down their tape, doing it YouTube style, and seeing how they would fit with our team's based on their traits. So I am Aiden. I am here with our well-respected producer, Producer Vince. So what we're going to do, we are going to have a full podcast as we do every single week, but each of these player breakdowns is going to be its own individual video on YouTube. So if there's a guy that sticks out to you, a guy you want the Eagles or Cowboys to get, you can find that breakdown on YouTube. We're going to be playing some clips in the background, going over the tape together. Uh, so if it might be a little bit easier to see the tape on YouTube, but we're going to be talking about these prospects, talking about their, their weaknesses, strengths, traits, everything, fit, all of it in podcast form. So subscribe to the YouTube channel, Birds vs. Boys, and it's going to be everywhere that you can find podcasts as well. So I've got my little red book right here. It is filled with a bunch of notes on the prospects that we got. Look at this little thing. Look at this little book. <laughs> it's better than you were using like a legal pad before, right? I did have a legal pad before. This is a little bit more organized, but also not really. If you're watching on YouTube, look at these notes. How am I going to be able to read this? I hope I have this shit memorized because there's no way I can read this handwriting. Look at this. This looks like Ben Franklin's first uh, farmer's almanac. Yeah, it turns out you're not, you're not pronouncing names wrong. You're just reading them wrong. No, he has to say everything. You can't read it. That's probably why I can't pronounce anything. So I have my notes on each of these prospects. Vince, who, if you don't know, we've been joking about it for weeks, but we should probably congratulate him. He got a job working for Warren Sharp at Sharp Analysis. So they do a great job of taking it a step further analytically and statistically with a lot of these guys and a lot of NFL players. So he's got some stats to back it up. So generic plan, I'm going to run through what I like about these guys on YouTube, and Vince is going to hit you with some of the stats that they have over there at Sharp Analysis, and together that should be good. So let's get it started. Vince, do you have anything you need to tell the people before we get into it? Anything you've got? Uh, Not really. I think let's just get into it. I was about to say, let's just do it. So I think what we're going to do, if you're listening to the podcast, we're going to break it down into positional categories. So for the Eagles, I know positions of need that have been rumored that they are targeting are wide receivers and edge rushers. So in a deep wide receiver class and a position that people love, let's start with the wide receivers first. And let's start, this might not be the hottest name on the streets, but I think this is the most 
predictable, obtainable guy for the Eagles, Chris Olave out of Ohio State. Number one, before we even get into the film breakdown, imagine Merrill Reese saying the last name Olave after a touchdown. Just think about that. Put that through your brain. I think right away, right there, you would love it. So before we hit play on the film, I just want this disclaimer out there. We did not do one for Garrett Wilson. I love Garrett Wilson, but I think he'll be off the board. That's the only reason why we didn't do it. So his running mate, Chris Olave, what do you think? Garrett Wilson off? There's no chance he makes it to 15. Correct. Yeah. So Unless we're now, like stunned by the amount of like offensive linemen and edge rushers off the board, I don't think there's a chance Garrett Wilson gets to gets to 15. Yeah, there's some miraculous run on quarterbacks after everyone's saying it's a weak quarterback class. That's the only way Wilson is there. So if you came here for the Wilson breakdown, I'm sorry. We just didn't think our teams had a chance, even though we do love them. I love Garrett Wilson, probably the best wide receiver in the draft. But let's go with the Lave, his running mate. I love him. Let's get into the tape on him. All right. Um, the first note I have is he's the sack Ertz of wide receivers. Um, he's always going to be open and catch the ball. Uh, then he just kind of falls after that, though. There's not a lot of yak. <laughs> yeah. I had a, um, so with him, I had the return of the linear strider. So last year with Devontae Smith, that was our term for him. Just that guy who created space just because, you know, like you see with this clip right here, beating a really good cornerback and Joey Porter Jr., he didn't really have a crazy move. He's just linear strider, beat the cornerback right off the ball. Uh, he's got those long legs. He could beat his cornerback uh, and defensive backs with speed. So it, it was like watching him and then listening to the tape on him, it was a lot like the Devontae Smith breakdown last year. It was just a, a he's just a long, lean running machine who keeps getting himself open. I uh, love this I play you, right here. This this little footwork on the sideline. All I these Ohio State not a lot of yak, and it's all yak. Yeah. Uh, well, here's the thing: they they the Ohio State offense. All of these wide receivers are so good at creating space that they really don't have to break tackles. Look how open they are on all of these. We're gonna we're gonna be doing this next year. With Jackson Smith Najidba and Marvin Harrison Jr., like we're just gonna be right back to it. You nailed the name. <laughs> it's like this year. What's that? You nailed the name. That's uh, gonna be the only time. We'll wait until we get into some of these names. I will screw it up. So, just what we're watching here, just again, these Ohio State wide receivers, great footwork, great route running. That's how they find themselves so open. And I think Olave just uses his speed to kind of just get right past the the cornerbacks. It's it's like doing the Devontae Smith breakdown all over again. Great footwork, good route running, gets himself open. Can he get himself open against NFL cornerbacks because he's lean? He's not that big. He's not that strong. He's not that physical. So I really – it's just one of those things where if you're the uh, if you're the Eagles, does that scare you away when you just had the same scenario last year with Devontae Smith? Out of all the picks that are like realistic for the Eagles, that he, he has to be my favorite one. I was about to say this just feels like a realistic pick. This feels like Unless, a really realistic fifth at fifteen or eighteen. You know, yeah. So we kind of, I kind of tiered my notes based on picks at fifteen and picks at eighteen. I have him as one of the guys at fifteen, but fifteen or eighteen. 
But just again, all of these highlights, just look at the, the space that's created on all of these. And part of that is, and this, this is another knock on him. And some of these knocks on these guys are hilarious. Like their knocks are like, oh, there were other good players on their team. So one of the knocks on Olave is he is a uh, complimentary wide receiver. And that's probably like we talked about. He was playing with Garrett Wilson. So that makes total sense. Um, but who cares? Isn't that exactly what the Eagles are looking for? Okay. You know who's not a complimentary, complimentary wide receiver? Jalen Rager. So I'll take Jaylen literally Rager. anybody. Yeah, I was about to say. It's like, uh, yeah, okay. He's a complimentary receiver. Perfect. So Devontae Smith is your wide receiver one. Quez falls into the the uh, the perfect role of wide receiver three for him. You've got Goddard. Now you have Alave. If you're the Cowboys, you've got CeeDee Lamb. You need to replace him for Amari Cooper. Alave. I just love how his smooth stride. These these Ohio State receivers, they're just so smooth in everything that they do. I love it. So I uh, we are on the same page. Is he the most exciting prospect in the entire draft? Not, probably not, but, but that's the reason he excites me the most. He's the he's not the most exciting. That's the reason I'm most excited about it. I was about to say I feel like this is just safe and predictable for the Eagles, and I think like you're are you are you doing a backflip if we get him? No, but but are you giving like a thumbs up smile on your face? Hell yeah, I think that's how you feel about him, and he feels like a great compliment to Devontae Smith, who can who can stretch the defense and uses his speed and his footwork to get himself open. Like, look on that, that deep shot right guys. there. Three guys around, and he gets right by all three. That's fantastic work. And, you know, nothing crazy with that route. Just a smooth stride right down the field. I'm hoping they show – there's one play, and it wasn't this past season, so I don't know if they're going to show it. He had one of the best toe touches in the back of the end zone I've ever seen of any college wide receiver. And it wasn't this year. It was the year before, so I don't know if we'll actually see it. Best toe touch I've ever seen. He got both feet in. So, again, footwork, route running, speed, things you want to see from a wide receiver. Uh, any stats or anything you've got for him? I didn't really feel like I needed any of him. Um, he's plus 2,000 to be the first wide receiver off the board, which we're not really worried about. Um, notes I have. Zachary's wide receiver is elite route running and athleticism. Uh, athleticism is my favorite note for prospects because, like, we're scouting them for professional sports. They better be athletic. Yes, um, they are athletes. Yeah. the The only knock I guess I have on him is that he's small, so he needs to create separation. But like, mm-hmm. he does that, and also he's winning a lot of these contested catches. We're seeing this is a highlight reel, so it's going to be all good stuff. But this is. This is just so funny. We like we did this. this is, like go back and watch our Devonte Smith breakdown from last year. We did this. Yeah. Um, he easily has the highest floor of every wide receiver in the draft. Correct. Um, I think that's why we like him. Right? We've been burnt in yeah. the past. Yeah. So like the 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 twenty sixteen NBA draft. He's the Jason Tatum. His floor is easily the highest. All the other wide receivers can end up being Mark Fultz. You know, like could be flashy, might not work out. Or Alonzo Ball. Yeah. Yeah. Great, great crossover analogy on that one. All I right. Have- I think I think we've got enough tape here on Olave. He uh he set the record for touchdowns at Ohio State. So that highlight tape could go for quite some time. <laughs> so again, 15, 18, I don't know, but it's a really uh he's an intriguing prospect because I think he's gonna be one that they're interested in. He did do a top 30 visit with the Eagles and would be a good compliment to Devontae Smith. Speaking of Devontae Smith, what if the Eagles just went back to the well 
at Alabama wide receivers. Let's take a look at Jamison Williams. Now, Alave might be the safe, reliable, high floor guy. He's like getting, you know, uh, what's a what's a great car that you know it goes fast? It'd be like getting a, a Tesla these days. I feel like everyone in my work who works in my building has a Tesla. Like it goes fast, it gets the job done, it's efficient. Jamison Williams is the Lamborghini. Jamison Williams is the Ferrari. This is the electric. Whoa, I can't believe human beings are that fast guy. Yeah, this is the guy the Eagles need, like the speed guy. Uh, yeah. This guy, they, the guy they swung on nine times last year and maybe yeah. got one in Quez Watkins, but also not really. Yeah, I, I believe that Daniel Jeremiah described, described Quez Watkins as a speedboat in a, in, a, in a river full of canoes. That would apply to Jamison Williams pretty well. So he's got next level speed. We've brought this up on the podcast multiple times when referring to some of the wide receivers in the NFL right now. Turning six-yard games into 60-yard gains on one single play. That's kind of what you get out of Jamison Williams. You're seeing some deep shots early in these uh, on the film. You'll see that a lot. He can beat the corners and get over the top with his speed. But a lot of these, he just takes it. Like this one right here is the perfect example across the middle of the field, and all of a sudden he's past the entire Georgia defense. Not a deep shot, but he turned that in from a 15-yard gain into a touchdown. But I, he's got great feet, great movement. You see it here, these strides again, getting past touchdown. And all of a sudden, it's, you're at the 40-yard line, you're like, all right, just push him out of bounds, and then it turns into a touchdown. He's a return specialist as well. Don't know if you'd utilize that for him in the uh, in the NFL, depending on how you feel about him and his value. But he had a few games where he had multiple returns for touchdowns. Um, he's just like got that Tyreek Hill breakaway speed, and he just kind of slid perfectly into that role at Alabama that they had for Jalen Waddle, where it was like, all right, we've got other guys. Your job is to just beat everybody, just blow past people with your speed, and that's exactly what he did. Um, Anything you've got on him? Because I've got a few points with him that are uh, just kind of his his projection in the NFL. Bryce, so no receiver, no receiver in this class has more yards or touchdowns on throws thirty plus yards down the field. So he's five hundred and forty four yards. This was in twenty twenty one, just in twenty twenty one. Four hundred five hundred and forty four yards and seven touchdowns on throws thirty yards down the field. The also says a lot one. about. Bryce Young, but yes, <laughs> yeah. Keep uh, keep some of these highlights in your brain if you're watching on YouTube of Bryce Young throwing these deep shots to Jamison Williams because we will be back watching this film again next year for somebody different. Yeah, because uh, there's a lot of quarterbacks that don't even throw in the ball 30 yards down the field. Mm-hmm. And not the name names. We're giving everybody a fair shot. <laughs> this is and another guy. Mean- that doesn't mean plays that went for 30 yards. That means the ball was in the air for 30 yards. For 30 yards. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And a beautiful ball at that. Like now, that. I just love this this tape for him and Alave so far because there's so many shots where you're like, wait, did a corner ever come close to this person on these routes? <laughs> like on that touchdown right there. Uh, he was untouched. Like he just blows by these guys so fast, and you're at the highest level of, of football. Like, look at this. He beats three guys. One gets a hold on him. It's just, it's so funny to watch. Just 
beating these defenses right over the top. Nothing fancy with the route running, just flat out being faster than the opponent. The any one thing is going to any cornerbacks going to need help with him, which means one or two other guys are open. Exactly. The more, the better. And that's a great route right there. A little out route for the touchdown. You love to see that because I think what scares people sometimes is when you only see the deep shots on highlight tapes like this, but I know he does more than that. It's just that he really excels at that. So uh, again, he's been listed as like another complimentary wide receiver. You can bring us in. I just have a few last points. The complimentary wide receiver thing. But again, isn't that kind of what you're looking for if you're the Eagles, and even if you're the Cowboys? Like, isn't that the whole point? You think Devontae Smith's wide receiver one? So you get a speedster on the opposite side? So I don't know if yeah, either of these guys will, will – I know Olave doesn't really play in the slot. Jameson Williams maybe, but I think John, John Mechie really played in the slot too. Um, I, I have a thing – I'll let you give the stats on him being the first wide receiver. I know you can bet sometimes on where a guy will go. I absolutely think he doesn't get by the Ravens at 14, which is unfortunate. That's what I'm terrified. Like almost no one's mocking receivers to the Ravens, which upsets me because they're picking right before the Eagles. So if like if two go to like the Jets and the Falcons and the Ravens take the third one off the board, I mean, it's a deep class. We're going to talk about some other guys, but – and the Ravens upset me. Like you could have someone right there, and if they don't take Derek Stingley or one of the corners, then it's like Ooh. just a little extra heartbreak. I think we'll be gone by then. I could see him being a Raven, but I think he'll be gone. If you're if you're the Ravens, why would you not want to pair him with Lamar Jackson and just be the fastest team alive with him and Hollywood Brown? I I just don't. I think the Eagles. It's good to say this now. I think they trade up from 15 and then trade down from 18 to recoup whatever they needed to trade up from 15. That is the beauty of having two picks. You can go one way or the other. And I really think you'd have to trade up. Uh, similar to Devontae last year where you were at 12, you jumped up to 10, and you gave up a third-round pick in the process to do so. I think you'd probably have to skip over the, foul, the, the Ravens at 14 and get to 12 or 13 so that you could get this kid if you wanted him. I just don't think he's making it past the Ravens. Yeah, if they're in love with someone, I can see them trading up from 15. If not, like, best player available at 15 is still very good. Yes, correct, because there's a lot of names here and a lot of positions that you need. I'll say this while before we go on to the next receiver. While we're on the topic of Alabama, we did not do a prospect breakdown video for John Mechie. Uh, if he's there at 51, yeah, you can count me in, even with the ACL injury. I don't know if he will be, but he'd be a first-round pick if it weren't for the injury, and I love his tape too. I love Alabama wide receivers. Uh, the odds on Jamison Williams, he's plus 175 to be the first wide receiver. Without the ACL, I think it would have been minus 15,000 to be the first wide receiver <laughs> off the board. Correct. Uh, if you're betting first wide receiver, take Garrett Wilson all day because no GM is losing his job over the difference between Garrett Wilson and Jamison Williams because it's, mar- it's it's marginal, if anything. So no GM is, ta- is going to take the chance on losing their job over this dude's ACL not healing correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I think it's an issue, but again, no one wants to lose their job. Um, so, and his, uh, so plus 75, the first wide receiver is over under is 12 and a half. I think the, uh, the under is a pretty safe bet. You think so? You think he goes before 12? I think he goes after 12, over 12 and a half. 
I think he goes to 14 of the Ravens is the issue. I'm just going to right in front of me. The Jets and the Falcons both need somebody. Jets pick I twice. Just, I, I just think Falcons the Falcons are. just like uh, they need so much that the one of these wide receivers will not make the difference. And to go skill position again after going tight end at four last year, I just don't know. I, I get why mm. they would need a receiver, but you need so much. Even if the Eagles have to trade up for him, they say they can't get 13, have to go to 12. That's still under. There you go. That's on the table for sure. So that'll be interesting because it's a shame that the Raiders got um, Devontae Adams because they always like to reach on receivers. And I would have loved to see them trade up for one of these guys and just, you know, cause chaos like they usually do. So that is a name to watch. It's a name we'll see if he's there at 15. I think he's trade up bait 101 right there. So Jamison Williams, pretty exciting as well. To the next guy that has a lot of people excited. Stay in the SEC. Traylon Burks out of Arkansas. Vince loves this kid. Uh, a lot of people love this kid. He seems to be like a not boom or bust, but if you like this kid, you love this kid. So I'm glad they started right off the bat with this video here. So this is the video that has everybody talking. He catches the deep ball, beats the corner right off the line, catches the deep ball. But this is where everyone loves it. Breakaway, next level speed, gets right by the entire Alabama secondary. You can see five guys chasing him, which I think is what everyone's seeing is like he hits that next level speed-wise. And you and I, and we just brought it up with Jamison Williams, who's going to take a six-yard play and turn it into a 60-yard play? That's kind of what we're seeing with Traylon Burks here is once he gets the ball in his hands, it gets it gets scary in a hurry for the defense. He's my one B after Chris Olave. Yeah, you love. I really him. like him. You love. I really do. Yeah. I th- I also think Jamison Williams isn't going to be there um, unless That's they true. trade up and get him. So mm-hmm. if they stay at fifteen, he's my one B. I think both of these guys. He's definitely the more flashy prospect. Uh, probably the best wide receiver or a fantasy wide receiver in this draft. So if you're in like dynasty leagues, I would go ahead and have this guy right now. Yeah, I, I feel like uh, just I, I feel like it depends on what system he gets into. But if you get a, a, a system that utilizes him the way he should be, Arkansas utilized him so well because they put him all over the field. As you're watching this highlight tape, you're seeing a little bit difference between his tape and the tape between Alave and William and Jamison Williams, where a lot of that were deep shots. They were just beating the defense. There's some creativity this Arkansas offense and how they got Traylon Burks the ball. Here's another clip that has everybody excited. Um, so you saw on that one, he just flat out uh, bounced off the tackle and kept running. So here's another one. And again, you see him kind of playing on the inside, a little deep slant action right here. Get him the ball in the middle of the field. This is a little shakeup from what we've seen with the previous two wide receivers that we looked at in Alave and Jamison Williams. I just love the way Arkansas plays offense. If they could just kind of uh, get a quarterback in there with a, with a better – like if you put C.J. Stroud in this offense, oh, my God, they would be fantastic. It would be awesome to watch. So you can see here they kind of use them out of the backfield a little bit. Uh, they, they've got that like Debo comparison for him. I think that uh, he's not a cheaper Debo. He's a poor man's Debo. Like it's not the same. There's one Debo. There's only one Debo Samuel in the entire league. 
But I can see the appeal of that versatility of a wide receiver like this. So, uh, Vince, anything on your guy? I'll, I'll let you kind of take this one because this is this is your guy. I have bigger, cheaper Debo. I think bigger and cheaper are more important than him being similar to Debo. It's because yes. there's no really comparison. Um, I also think – yeah, that too. I also think we could see Debo be traded on draft night almost immediately after Traylon Burks is drafted. That um, would be a shakeup. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he was first in yards per route run, third in yards yards per team pass attempt, fourth in share of team receptions, third in share of yardage, and first in receiving touchdowns in the class in 2021. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad at all. Um, no. He just seemed – he's the perfect balance of safe and flashy for me. I think another thing, too, we talked about that Arkansas offense – it's creative, but name another name on that Arkansas offense. You really can't. I watched them a few times. I know their names, but I don't mean that they're NFL draft prospects. Uh, the thing about Alabama and these Ohio State kids, again, this continue, This will be a knock, and we're going to get into Georgia defense in a second. There's so much good talent that you can't focus on one guy. At Arkansas, they were focused on Traylon Burks, and he was given those stats that you just gave. I'm trying to find this profile graphic I made for him because I had a few extra stats on there. Well, you do that. I'm going to keep looking at this this tape. Now they've got him into the blocking schemes here. I think I think I could see him really being one of the guys that one of these teams reach on. Like if they're in love with him and they know that he is not going to be uh, a there. Like I know Cowboys fans would be excited about him at 24. I could see somebody pulling the trigger on this kid in the top 20. We talked about it a little bit, but there could be that run on on wide receivers early. Garrett Wilson, Jamison Williams, they're off the board. All right, now you're starting to panic. The guys are going. Then all of a sudden somebody's like, all right, we got Traylon Burks. We got to move up or we got to take him in the top 20. Yeah, so I have uh, – he's, he's basically like Debo – Running back with the ball in his hands basically just means he's a fast guy, which, mm-hmm. again, Eagles need. Um, I've seen a mock to the Cowboys and the Packers, which would both be great fits for him, I think. Yes, fantasy-wise, again, uh, would be great. Yeah. That's why if, if you're in a dynasty league that does like pre-draft fantasy draft, I would go ahead and grab him very yes. early. Yeah, because I think he's going to fall to one of these teams. And, like again – it wouldn't shock me if he goes top 20, but if he's in those 20 range, then it, all of a sudden he's going to be with some uh, pretty good team and hopefully has like an immediate rookie impact. You know? Yeah, I mean, even even the Chiefs are a team that need a wide receiver. Yeah, exactly. Fast one. Chiefs, Packers, all those teams that you mentioned, all of a sudden, you know, Garrett Wilson goes to the Jets at 10 and you're playing with Zach Wilson. Then I look up at the end of the year and you're like, oh, Traylon Burks had a better statistical season. Well, yeah, because he's playing with Mahomes or with Rodgers. So, and again, right there, that's a great clip that they just showed. So, little swing pass to him out of the backfield, turns it into a 10-yard gain, kind of runs through that tackle a little bit. Again, in the backfield, they hand it off to him, and then he's able to break it. Oh, a little pass action. That looks exactly like that Debo play. Do you? I don't think we want to watch the concerns. We do all positive here. We talk ourselves into every prospect. 
Yeah, th- this part of the video doesn't exist. Was that throw part of the concerns? No, it was right before. It was like, okay. here's how we can utilize him. So I get the Devo comp with stuff like that. I sure. think it's just an interesting timing on the Devo comp on a, well, like, at a time where a lot of teams are like thinking about Devo. And they're like, yeah, they're like, got, it's like that classic, like we got Debo at home. Like we'll go get the cheaper one. Yeah, correct. And it's the, the time where people have realized, oh, we don't have to isolate guys to one position. Like you could be like Corderell Patterson or Debo Samuel and line up in the backfield or split them out wide. Wow. Who knew we could do that the entire time? So the, he, he's like just coming into, into the league at the right time. Yeah. I feel like people forget though that like, that position also is just wide receiver. Like you have to be a good wide receiver to play that position. It's just like the teams that need that wide back are using it. You can They're still blending. just get him as a wide receiver. Yeah. They're blending. Wide back is just a, <laughs> a pass catcher out of the backfield who can do a little bit of both. They're starting to blend. Just it, yeah. we're getting closer to closer. To just uh, either you're on the line or you're an athlete getting close yeah and that's Traylon burks so someone's gonna be like this kid is the next wave and that's gonna be it and he's gonna go with top 20 uh anything left on your guy you hope the eagles pull the trigger your eagles pull the trigger yeah, he's he's my favorite or i think Olave is still my favorite pick he's my favorite like i'd be most excited about him most pick. excited yeah yeah exactly like i think that's the, that is the best assessment of the other wide receivers all right Speaking of wide receivers, I think those are the three that we have targeted. We talked about Garrett Wilson and John Mechie as well, even though we didn't do those. So let's move on to another position group. Let's flip the other side of the ball. Let's do a little secondary first before we get to the defensive line. Let's start here. Lewis Seen, safety, Georgia. I think this is another kid like Traylon Burks. There's a team, they're not saying it, but they love him. According to Sharp Analysis, he's the 30th overall pick or 30th best player in the draft. There's another kid, if he sneaks in around 20, don't be surprised. We're about to hit play on the tape. You're going to find out right away why people are going to fall in love. I have written down first, violent attitude, explosive. Really good buzzwords. There are really good buzzwords about him. So right away, look what you're seeing. A safety coming down, making tackles, meeting the running backs. He's athletic. Again, explosive, able to cover ground on the back end. That's what has people excited. This kid plays ferociously. Again, look who's coming up, making the tackle on a ball carrier. It's your safety. Look at him. Does the guy get by him? No. He puts his foot in the ground and drives him back. This kid, oh, look at this, against Arkansas. Meet at the line of scrimmage. Meet hat on hat. You're not getting by me. You're going backwards once I touch you. And this is a safety. This kid plays with some violence that Philadelphia would fall in love with right away. Considering yeah, he reminds you of? I didn't want to say Brian Dawkins. I didn't say violence. What's that? I didn't say Brian Dawkins either. I just asked who you reminded you of. I just say, yeah, there's a certain level of violence that I remember from my childhood. Look at that. Behind the line, the scrimmage. Meet the ball carrier. Does he get by him? No. This kid, I'm saying 
I don't know if he goes to the Eagles, um, but I could see this fan base falling in love with this kid. Great tackler, explosive, violent. He's just long and lean. He's got size, and then he just goes downhill and attacks. So I think the the one thing that that people knock on him here, and again, we're not really. I don't care. I love his tape. I love the attitude on the tape. He's not really shifty. Again, he, it's downhill, straight line speed. A lot of these look straight downhill, <laughs> meeting the ball so, carrier. I was about to say, I don't care. One of these, it's another one of these nitpicks. It's like my my weaknesses are also his strengths. He's very yeah, fast at like, running towards the ball carrier. Oh, man. Yeah, it's like, all right. <laughs> but, I mean, I get it. Like, if you need him to cover somebody who's shifty, can he do that? You don't know. But at the same time, maybe you overlook that considering – Oh, I don't know. On all of this tape, he's meeting an athletic running back in the hole and blowing them up. I think you'll be fine. Do you want to feel better about that? I have numbers that will make me feel better about that. that, What number? So he's probably the truest deep safety in the draft. So if if your team is looking for a safety safety, this this is your guy. Yes. Um, Kyle Hamilton will go possibly top 10. I've seen him slip a little bit further than that, but if if you're not picking the top 10, you're probably not getting Kyle Hamilton. This guy is not uh, not going to be a problem for you to draft. I think if the Eagles want to pick him at 18, I'm not mad. No. Uh, it might be a little bit of a reach, but it's the kind of reach that I'm not upset about. And it's, again, if you're sitting there at 18 for the Eagles, you can trade down. You can trade down, and That's then, uh, as I was say, then you're in the 20s. You're at 21. You're at 22. Whatever that may be. And all of a sudden, for for who Sharp Analysis has as the 30 best overall best player in the draft, that makes sense. Starts to make sense. Like you, I agree with what you said. True deep safety, where he does the traditional safety role. He is going to cover ground on the back end, and when you need to come up and make a play and hit somebody, he will. Is he one of these safeties who can come up and have that versatility and kind of, you know, cover guys in the slot and stuff like that? I, I, I don't know. Probably not. Again, straight downhill speed, not side to side, like shifty speed. But again, I don't think that's going to bother many people. Like if if this guy ends up on your team, I think you're going to be excited with the highlights that will be produced. So when lined up, when lined up at deep, deep safety, this is from a sharp analysis, Dan Pizzuta. He did a whole... He did a whole article on the safeties in this in this draft. Uh, so when he's lined up at deep safety, allowed just six completions on 14 targets for 60 yards with seven passes defensed. So and you can you can tell by this highlight tape right now, uh, he's covering some ground back there. Yeah, fast, very fast. Yes, I don't fast, think uh, I, he's just cool. And I just that's, that's the other thing. What's the, what's the two rules? You cool. and I each have a rule. Yeah. Yep. Best player available off the best teams. Cool. He checks both my boxes. He's on the Georgia defense. Historically great, and he's cool. Yeah. Sign me up. That's fine. He checks both boxes. It's and like I, the oh. it's like the Broncos. It's like the Broncos going after a quarterback before Russell Wilson. Correct. Yes. There's two I, rules. I, I have I have one one thing on this kid and the violence that he plays with and the attitude change that he is. I'm at a point right now with Philadelphia sports where I am questioning on paper, the rosters look talented and I'm questioning what is between the ears 
with a lot of these teams when they go on the field and don't have success. They don't have a dog like Lewis seen. He is the meme when they're on the bus and the guy looking at the mountain who is sad is like the analytical guy. And the guy looking at the sun and the view is like, he's got that dog in him. Lewis seen is the, he's got that dog in him meme guy. <laughs> That's him. Yeah, I'm so tired with these Philly sports teams of there just being, like, no personality. I need someone that can, like, Kyle Schwarber tried to do it in the ninth inning the other night. Yeah. Like, almost ripping Angel Hernandez's head off. Like, every team needs a guy that will do that every game. Yeah, you need that guy who's going to be like, wake up. I will lead by example, but wake up. And that is this guy. That So, again, I think you and I are on the same page. Kid's a dog. We'd love him at 18. I'd love him more if you could trade down from 18 and get him. It's going to be weird. Like there, we. It's one of those guys where you could go at 18, he could go at 30, and it wouldn't shock anybody. And there's so many people in this draft that you could say about that. You could go at 15 to the Eagles, or you could go at 30. And it's not going to surprise anybody. That's going to be Lewis Seen, so we'll see with him. That being said, if Kyle Hamilton slips, get him. Oh yeah, that's yeah. he's he's another guy. We were like, we're not gonna do the breakdown because we don't think we have a chance. Yeah, <laughs> but also, I love this constellation flies if we get Lewis. So let's let's stay in the secondary. Let's get to this one kid. I think this is going to be the Charlie Kelly wild card baby, <laughs> Daxton Hill out of Michigan. This kid is something. So. I'll fully admit I was a late bloomer before we hit the on the tape, or I let it run. Who cares? <laughs> We're, let's just show it off right away. I love this kid's tape. I was a late bloomer on him. Didn't know much about him. Heard Mel Kiper and Todd McShay talking about him. They had McShay had him listed as his top, his 15th best prospect. So that piqued my interest, seeing as my team is at 15. And I was like, all right, who? They're so high on this kid. I listened to Greg Pro- Cosell who's another great film breakdown guy. Uh, uh, he does a great job with these prospects. He said he was one of the most favorite players to watch on film out of everybody in the draft. Said it was he was one of the best film breakdown guys in the entire draft. Now, as we go through this film, what do you see? He is in so many different positions on all of these films. Like, it's just the way he's able to cover – Cover multiple positions. Line up in multiple positions. This is some great tape because you're going to see a little bit of everything on here. There's a few blitzes that you're about to see right here. I think this is the one. He gets the sack, the play before you saw him in coverage. This kid is awesome. He plays everywhere. Positional versatility. He's a safety who can also play slot corner. He's He has the arm length of a tackle who can play safety and also slot corner with elite speed and athleticism. So he's covering a lot of ground no matter where he is. The first he four plays up, on this, he was he played in four different positions. He lined up in the slot 72% of the time. And they project him to be a safety. That's really says yeah. something about him. But and you you'll see like on the tape why they have him up a lot around the line of the scrimmage. He, he's an impact player who like he's totally fine right there. They, like they bring him on the blitz 
They just bring him on the blitz and he makes an impact play. That's why you want him around the line of the scrimmage. Again, the second highest uh, blitz percentage. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, so you're getting a guy who you can drop back in coverage and cover a lot of ground or bring him on the blitz. Whatever you need. A little bit of everything. I I just I really loved watching his tape and watching all the different things that he can do as we watch a tackle for loss in the backfield. It's just like you could split his tape into two. A, a blitz right there where he makes it an impact right off the corner. For the Eagles, it's interesting because they have Avante Maddox as a slot corner and he's not going anywhere. But with this kid, I, I really don't know. I, I think you can line him up and find a role for him and just he's one of those kids, just put him on put him on the field and it'll work out. It doesn't really matter where you line him up. Obviously, safety is a position of need, but if you play him a little bit of slot corner, bring him off the corner blitzes and stuff like that, I really think he'd be great for Jonathan Gannon in this system to uh, you know, get some pressure that's not the, the front four. Yeah, this is the kind of guy where I would be upset if they took him at 18. I think trading back for him would be a great move. I think 18 yeah. would be a reach. There's definitely someone better at 18. Mm-hmm. Um that being said, my first note is extreme versatility can play all over the defense. I'm not yeah. mad about that anytime. No. So being able to do being very good at multiple things is not a bad thing. Um so he is able to get his hands on the ball at the second highest rate behind only Kyle Hamilton. Exactly. And he had, this kid has excellent ball skills. And again, arm length of a tackle. That's which is like when you need arm length is the tackle position. <laughs> and you're getting that out of a safety slot corner hybrid. These hybrid athletes are the future of the game. And who who do we know who loves positional versatility the most? It's the Eagles. They love it. So I really think this kid is one to keep an eye on. Him and Lewis seen at that 18th pick. Some, some fans are going to be like, who? Yeah, it's not Jamison Williams. And then you're going to watch the tape, and you're going to say to yourself, oh, that's who. Oh, all right. I see the I see the vision. So he's in the 92nd percentile in wingspan, 95th, 40 time, 97th, 10-yard split, 97th, three-cone drill. Oh, give me all of that. Give me all of that. Just give me a playmaker with those attributes on the defense, and the rest will figure itself out. You know what those attributes turn into? turnovers which i i feel like did the eagles get a single turnover last year the number may have been zero it was astronomically low yeah darius slay was at a few plays you know in a few interceptions it's, it's, so that, that, it was him by himself i was about to say remember how easy it was it was pitch and catch and all those quarterbacks had over 70 percent completion percentage <laughs> jackson hill no matter where he lines up is going to make a quarterback uncomfortable, whether it's on the blitz, whether it's covering ground and creating a double team on, on a good wide receiver. You thought you had the, the pass. Oh, oh, no, I didn't quite because this Daxton Hill character with his arm length of a tackle went over and made the play and covered enough ground, and he's got speed to match. Oh, all of a sudden that gap closed in a hurry. That's an interception. That's this kid. I like him a lot. He, the line for safeties taken in the first round is one and a half. And Daxton Hill is the reason I'm, I might just put everything I own on the over. Both, both because, guys. Well, like, 
yeah. So Lewisine, I think, could is a very good chance he's taken, and I think there's a very good t- chance Daxon Hill is almost taken, which means there's a very good chance at least one of them is taken. Yeah. So he's like, he's kind of like the yeah. If some teams like in love with him, and reaches a little bit on him in the first round, that you only need two safeties to hit over one and a half. I'm, I'm not, I'm no mathematician, but yeah, it feels very easy. I like the odds. I like it a lot. And it's while we're on the 300, I think for over uh, one and a half, but I can still, why. yeah, because th- we've got these two options right here that should do it. Uh, while we're on the topic of, of safeties, we didn't do a video on Jaquan Brisker. Everybody knows I love him. I will take him on this team 100%. I don't know if you pull the trigger at 15 or 18. Probably not. And you just hope he's at 51. If not, you uh, you do a trade down in, in the first and uh, pick 15 or 18. Try to get another pick so you can trade up in the second round to get that kid. He's more traditional where he does everything well as a safety. He probably just doesn't have that explosive athleticism that you're seeing out of Daxton Hill, but I love Brisker. Does He checks every single box that you want from a safety. Now that you're saying that, I, I take a take a receiver at 15, trade back from 18, go one of these guys that we want to talk about in a minute later in the first round, and then Jaquan Brisker at 50 or wherever you have, wherever you move up to in the second. I think that's yeah. If you can get into the 40s, and I, I'm I'm nervous that he's going like day two. You're like, oh yeah, the draft just started. Oh shit, Brisker's gone. Like you know. He's always that guy. You're like, oh, I hope he drops. I hope he drops. I hope he drops. And with the 34th pick, Jaquan Brisker. And you're like, damn, that was no time at all. And he's already off the board. Well, that's why you want Daxton Hill and uh, Lewisine to go as early as possible. There's teams that need safety out of the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. There's a lot true. of teams in uh, there's a lot of teams in like the high 30s, low 40s. I think that also don't have a first round pick. So the if and uh. If I remember right from doing all the team needs, I don't think safety was high on a lot. It's definitely on a lot of teams' needs, but I don't think it was number one on a lot of teams' needs. Yeah, and it's not. That's the whole Kyle Hamilton debate: is it's not the position of need or position of value because there's so many more positions that mean more. Tackle, quarterback, defensive end, and a strong edge rusher class. So that's the same thing applies here with with Brisker. Is maybe some teams don't pull the trigger. Or even on these two guys, Daxon Hill and Lewis Seen, because you're saying that there's other guys that we that we need. So we'll we'll see with them. Let's go down to the defensive line and talk about the big dogs in the trenches. We're let's start Jordan off Jordan Davis. I was about to say, let's start with Jordan Davis, the biggest dog in the entire draft. <laughs> this kid, I just this kid's tape is so funny. It is hilarious. This kid is just a human crater every every single highlight that you're about to watch he's just strength 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 blow up the defensive line blow up the defensive line shed tackler tackle it's uh, every my first note, not many humans with his size and athleticism nope so he shed 40 pounds of the combine which people like so it got him you know at a, a better playing weight but at the same time Look at him hawk down a cornerback. <laughs> That's at what, like 290? Oh, no. He was over 300. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and it's just every every clip is the same. 
right there in the trenches. They try a double team. No, he's just too strong. Blows right by. Tackle for loss. That's again and again and again. Here he is in the middle against Kentucky. All shed the guard. Uh, tackle second and ten. Every single clip. <laughs> it is the funniest highlight tape you will watch. He's just a behemoth of gigantic human bowling ball in the mill who just runs over pins. That's it. Uh, my favorite thing about him is his draft prop is 14 and a half. And uh, guess who's right there? The Eagles at 15? Yeah. Look, look, look at this. Is- right by, try to get him to the center. Nope. Second and 14. Every single time. <laughs> it is the funniest tape you will watch. Where it's just again and again and again. You watch the same play. Just, all right, line, at the line of scrimmage. Nope, nothing doing. There's Jordan Davis. <laughs> so his, his thing is obviously the pass rush, or not pa- uh, the rush defense. Like, But he yes. has like the, he has everything that he needs to develop into a legit pass rusher. And you know who has a lot of good pass rushers on the team that could uh, te- like, you know, teach him how to do that better? The Eagles. Yeah, so let's let's talk about the elephant in the room with him. I know we weren't going to do knocks, but we'll see. If, is it a knock? This is the whole thing with him. So he was only on the field for 20% of Georgia's third downs. He was only on for 7% of their third and longs. He was not a three-down player. His snap count was not high. But is that because of who he is as a player, or is that because of the scheme? And that's what these coaches and GMs need to find out. Georgia, if you're a college football fan, you know how their season went. The starters weren't really playing a lot of fourth quarters, and they were usually up by so much that teams were pass, pass, pass every single down, and they were just, you know, they were just pinned their ears back and going, which you didn't really need Jordan Davis for. So, like, could he be a third-down guy, or is it because of physical traits, or is it because Georgia was so freaking good that they didn't even need to utilize his talents? That's the issue. I have I have a take on that. Okay. But, well, first, he was on the field for 16% of Georgia's third down plays and 7% of third and long. Yeah. Um, but we just talked about it. He's, he's a he's a rush defense guy. People mm-hmm. are throwing it against Georgia on third down. He doesn't need to be in there. Yeah. But that well, I guess that's what, that's what people think. So the league is going more to pass, pass, pass will he still be effective but again to me this is a this is a georgia problem like they're just so good that they could rotate through they were constantly up 35 nothing at halftime was it him himself or was it the team and yeah, I don't buy the whole conditioning shtick on this. I don't think it has anything to do with his conditioning. Not after his combine. Not yeah. after what you saw at his combine where he was one of the best freak athletes and also lost 40 pounds there. So I guess, I mean, you have to ask yourself, is is he a three-down lineman right now? No, probably not. But would you want him on the field on first and second? Probably. So it's like, all right, is he? Uh, do you see him as that human wrecking ball or do you see him as the one-trick pony? Maybe he's both, and maybe it doesn't matter. I think the Eagles took a rugby player and turned him into an all-pro offensive lineman. They can take an elite, large human athlete and turn him into a, a very good defensive lineman. Yeah, exactly. Correct. Yep. So, you, I mean, you know how I feel. Best players yeah. on best teams, 
You're not going to hear a complaint out of me if we get a human tank in the middle. I know I was using car analogies before. This would be a Hummer. <laughs> and in the SEC, he was in the SC freaking C, and it looked like a Hummer running over a Fiat. That's what he looked like on the defensive line. So, yeah, in terms of in terms of projects, this is a pretty good one you could pick up. Yeah, and I don't even know if he's a project because everything he does, he does well. They just don't, you know, like he just doesn't do everything. So, like when I think project, I think raw. They're like, oh, all right, here's this mass. Like Jordan Mulata is perfect. He was a project because he had never played football before, and they needed to teach him technique. Jordan Davis has technique. He's got big, strong hands. He's able to shed people. He's so strong that he kind of just can blow things up and push people back. So, like, the technique is there. It's just, like, can you utilize him different ways? Uh, and that, I don't know. And, like, even if you can't utilize him different ways, does it matter? So, it, this is this is one of the more intriguing prospects in the draft. Because, again, and we keep saying this a lot, this is a guy who could go top 10. He could go 15 to the Eagles. He could fall because of the, the weight concerns and the conditioning concerns and the lack of snap count in games. And it could be at 23. He could be at 10, 15, 23, and we'd have no clue. Yeah. I'm with that, that trade back scenario we just talked about. I think if he's there, obviously take him. And the next guy we're going to talk about, I think is a very realistic opportunity. Yeah. Let's, let's switch over to his running mate over on the, on the defensive line, Devonte Wyatt. Another really good defensive tackle. So I'll be honest, he doesn't excite me as much, but I actually have talked myself into him with one of the takes that I came up with. Also, again, he plays for Georgia. So real quick, before you hit play on his tape, uh, I, I was like I said, I was listening to the Greg Cosell breakdowns. He said he had to watch the Georgia defense eight different times and watch all of their games all the way through because you can only focus on so many people. And they have so many prospects that he had to watch all of their games through eight different times to be able to break down everybody enough to do a full analysis, which is perfect to bring up now because we're going to shift over from this behemoth to this other first round defensive tackle on their defensive line. Imagine playing these guys in college. <laughs> Let's run the tape. It's insane to watch. It's like it is playing hilarious. that one AAU team that's obviously just a pipeline to like elite like high schools and colleges, and you're just like, what are we doing here? Yeah, it's like IMG Academy playing these other schools, and you're like, wait a second, this isn't fair. Why does everyone on the team have a scholarship offer already? That's that's what the Georgia defense was. It was just like IMG Academy playing Bishop Sycamore twelve different times this year. Um, All right, so Devontae White, you're going to see some similar stuff that you saw from Jordan Davis, but I think they play in a different way. Obviously, he's not as big as Jordan Davis because no one on earth is, but <laughs> he's, a, he's more of a traditional defensive tackle. His comp was Javon Hargrave, so you can see the appeal if you're an Eagles fan. Um, was that Joe Burrow he just sacked right there? That's good for the uh, for the trophy room. But again, look at this. Shed, 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 overpower, sack. But – He's in on passing plays. Again, he's not the uh, he's not that one-trick pony, quote-unquote, that Jordan Davis is, who's that human wrecking ball and has that one good thing. He do- I think he does everything good, not great. Does that yeah, matter? Probably not. Probably not. Again, it's more of the Georgia thing than it is a him thing. 
Yes. So like get, he wasn't in he was he was regularly pulled off the field on passing downs, but it's because mm-hmm. he was not needed. His like his skill set is he's the best run defender in the draft. So his yeah. skill set is run defense. And he he's a an a, a note that I found was he's an asset on early downs. So like <laughs> yeah. Again, it's more of a Georgia thing than a him thing. It, it, exactly. So they play their everyone played their role so well that it ended up hurting them in the draft prospects process. So like him and Jordan Davis would force these teams in the third and fourteen. They'd bring different guys in, and then people would say, "Well, why aren't Jordan Davis and Devontae Wyatt on the field?" Well, it's because they shed the offensive lineman and and, and killed the running back two plays ago. Now you're in second and twelve behind the sticks. And that's what you see on all these plays. Circle them right in the middle there, and then boom, right through. Little athletic move. That's what you like to see because that that seems to be the concern with both him and Davis. Do they have that athleticism to move and be a pass rusher? So I think he he has the ability to be a three-down lineman. Um, Again, he's not as big as Davis. He's got that more traditional defensive tackle build. Uh, Is he the next Aaron Donald? I don't think so. Is he a starting caliber defensive tackle in the NFL? Yeah. Yeah. So right? he is the it, he's the Chris Olave to Jordan Davis's Jamison Williams. Correct. That's a great way to put it. Where you're like, ooh, look at this intriguing electric guy, one of a kind. But, you know, this is more of a traditional guy. So uh, he's, he's another not one. Be the cornerstone. He's probably not going to be the cornerstone of your franchise. But he's going to be that guy that's on your line for, you know, five to eight, yeah, five, six years, whatever. And you're never going to be upset about him. Yeah, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, that's an automatic. We're picking up the fifth year option guy. Yeah. (laughs) Something else you made me think of when you're talking about Jordan Davis. Can you imagine Jordan Davis on Jordan Malata in practice? I know. Oh, my (laughs) God. (laughs) Uh, Be like two giants fighting. You know? That's so much. That's so much person. I know. Oh my god! I saw, I saw the Eagles O line in a bar one time this year, and Jordan Mulata wasn't with him. And the only thing I thought when I was looking at this group of people was that none of these guys are the biggest guy. Yeah, like they, they were all than, mountains. Yeah, and these none mountains. of them were the biggest guy. Yeah, <laughs> that's such a that's such a great way of looking at it. It really is. Uh, one last thing on Devontae Wyatt. So I said he's he's good at everything and great not really at, at anything. Good at everything, great at nothing. Not like a knock. He's just solid. That's how I felt about Derek Barnett coming out on the defensive line. I know you're shaking your head, but here's the thing. What if we get a defensive lineman that didn't have shitty, dumb penalties once or twice a game? That would work. Other than being... Other than being a moron, I wasn't upset with Derek Barnett. The only the biggest knock on him is that he's an idiot. Yeah, exactly. Like if you just looked at Derek Barnett's stats, if you took a stat sheet and just looked at his first five years in the league and didn't have any context about who he was or what happened, you'd say, yeah, this is a solid career. Now, obviously, they play two different positions, defensive end versus defensive tackle. But this is the that is how you felt about Derek Barnett coming out there like you don't he doesn't really have a go-to move. He's not really like the most explosive. He's not the most powerful, but he is explosive, powerful, and fast. Like he's good at all those things, but he doesn't excel at anything in particular. 
So yeah, maybe and uh, make that without the penalties. So the Chiefs are kind of speaking of players being dumb. So he has a domestic on on him. He has a he got in a little bit a little bit of trouble. Um, doesn't mean any. I don't know if it says anything about his on field play, but the Chiefs took a meeting with him, and they're pretty famous for not taking like not having those meetings tip their hand on what they're going to do. Uh, but people seem to think that the Chiefs meeting with him mean that they are very interested. And I don't know if the Chiefs want a guy. I want that guy. That I said, don't I say that all the time? There's certain teams where if they want the guy, I want the guy. If the Ravens want the guy, I want the guy. If the Chiefs want the guy, give me the guy. That's yeah. what I <laughs> Yeah, whoever the Ravens are looking at at 14, we'll just trade up to 13 and take that guy. Yeah, first. yes, thank you. Just <laughs> find get the intel on who the Ravens are taking in 14 and trade up to 13 and make it freaking happen. I agree. 1,000%. Um, Last thing on Devontae Wyatt, his drafts prop is uh, 29 and a half, which is right around where the Chiefs are. So I think they're very interested in this guy, which, again, go trade down to t- whatever right before the Chiefs and pick him. Mm-hmm. Get yourself a 23-24, have a little cushion, and get a pick in the process. You can move up and get Jaquan Brisker, and we all go home happy. Yep. All right. Let's move over. Let's do edge rusher. This is a great edge rusher class. So let's look at that for a little bit here. There's one guy in particular that I highlighted. We've been talking about trade downs, and I think this is a really good trade down target. Another target for the Cowboys at 24 as well. So, oh, please, God, let me say this right. Arnold, Ebicati. Did I do it? Play the sound. You got it. You got it. Did I get it? I promise you, you got it. Oh, thank God. You You guys do not know how many times I practiced this. What's hilarious is I went to Temple. He played at Temple. I watched him for two years before he was even at Penn State and was this big-time prospect. And I still can't say his name right. Thank God I said it there. You can't say anyone's name right, though, so it's okay. That's true. I can barely get my name right. I picked him out. I think Jordan Davis – or I'm sorry, not Jordan Davis. Jermaine Johnson from Florida State is shooting up draft boards, had a phenomenal senior bowl. Don't think he'll be there at 15 or 18 for the Eagles at this point. I keep seeing him mocked all the way in the top 10. In the top 10. So I thought, instead of focusing on him, let's take a look at Ebicady. Did I do it right? You did. Thank God. Let's take a look at him because he's a reasonable prospect, and I think he's a good trade-down guy for the Eagles, and I think he'd be there at 24 for the Cowboys. Could you do me a favor? Could you run the tape back from the beginning? I want to see if you see the same thing that I do on all of these plays. There's one particular thing. All right. He gets a sack there, forces the fumble against Michigan. That's a great play right there. Crowd's going wild. If only Sean Clifford had an arm and they could have scored on that possession. All right. Here we go against Iowa coming around the corner. Sack. And I'll, I'll give you a hint. It's not that every single one of these plays is a sack, even though they are. No, it's All like right. he's mauling the lineman he's up against. Oh, yeah. Yes, he is. <laughs> All right. Let's keep it going. I'll just commentate on all these and I'll give at the end, I'll give what all these plays have in common. So he comes around the corner. You got the big slow guys from Wisconsin. No match for his speed for Arnold. He's right around bent. He has that great bend. He's that great fast bend right around the tackle that some GM is going to fall in love with. He can just curve right around. 
they do a great job with that. All right, against Indiana, that tackle stood no chance. I mean, he didn't even make a move on that play. We just talked about the curve. He didn't even do that. He just flat out blew by the guy. Just too fast. All right. And then right there, inside move. That kind of looked a little bit like Josh Sweat, which people are going to like. Sack against Illinois. So we keep going. Let's stop it here. Let's stop the tape here because it's a field goal if you're watching on YouTube or listening. What did all those plays have in common? He was on the quarterback in almost no time. Correct. What that the what I was going for, every single one of those plays was a third down. That is what this guy is. He is an edge rusher who is going to get you a sack on a crucial third down. We just watched a minute and a half of tape, and every single play was him bursting by a tackle on a crucial third down, getting to the quarterback and flattening him. Half the time the ball comes out, half the time it's a turnover, and if it's not, the team is punting. That's what Arnold Ebicady is going to bring to one of these teams. He is going to be a difference maker on third downs because there is no tackle that can stay in front of him. Uh, so I kind of tip my hand on my little note with him, third and 12. Now it's third fourth and, and a million. Fourth and a million, um, punt the ball. From your he, has, he has some of the best pass rush technique in the draft. Um, and there's a lot of good draft <laughs> uh, pass rushers in this draft. He's some of yeah. the most refined technique. Um, he generated pressure in 2.5 seconds or less on 6% <laughs> of pass rush snaps. That's pretty solid. That is that is a me- like less than three seconds to throw the ball. Less than yeah. three seconds to throw the ball. I'm not even going to get into the negatives because I don't care. Um, no, he's a fun. He's he's a very fun guy. It's it's this is a fun tape to watch. This this one in Daxton Hill were my two favorites to watch. Um, Jamison Williams obviously was electric, but and I I'm just thinking like defensively. Just impact players, forcing turnovers, making big plays on third downs, things that I that the Eagles lacked last year. These guys would be difference makers. So I, I kind of already, like you said, I tipped my hand when we were going through the third down plays, but just the elite athleticism and explosiveness where tackles cannot stay in front of this guy. He's too fast. Kind of like Jason Oway last year out of Penn State where uh, he kind of fell because he didn't have the sack numbers, but then he made an impact for the Ravens. Uh, this is kind of similar, just – Guy who can fly by. Guy who can fly by. It bends around that corner in a hurry. I thought this could be good for the Cowboys as a Randy Gregory replacement because that's kind of the what Randy Gregory was able to do for them is, is make a lot of third-down plays, get to the quarterback in a hurry. Um, he, he's not going to be a three-down lineman, so he's like the anti-Jordan Davis where you got Jordan Davis in on, on first and second. He curates the second and 12, the third and 12, and then you bring Arnold on the field. And he gets the sack on third and 12 to force the punt. You know, combine those guys together. All of a sudden, you got a defensive line. I think for the Eagles, if you're pairing Arnold Abicati with Josh Sweat, those two bending around the corners, that is going to be something for ta- – like tackles are going to be looking like turnstiles out there. This would be awesome. I think the Cowboys would love them. They are like, it worked. Penn State defense worked last year. Let's just yeah. try it again. Yeah, they're like, whoa. Elite athleticism out of Penn State, sign us up. Work the first time. Different position, but you know, it'll it's it all counts. He's another thing. he's another one of those guys like super high floor ceiling might not be the highest of the edge rushers, and that's why he's mocked to go second round. But like 
Mm-hmm. Still not a guy you're upset about whose floor is super high. Yeah, and he's going to be another guy. He he probably has a second round grade, but he's probably another guy that's valued in the 30s. If he goes at 24, the Cowboys fans going to be mad? No, probably not. You're going to just see so much fluctuation on draft night because with only 15 guys getting a, a first round draft grade is the report. It's just going to be who you fall in love with, who these GMs really like, who do they value, what positions do they value. You can see things that are determined as a reach that probably aren't really a reach because the difference between the guy who's ranked 16th and the guy who's ranked 32nd is very minimal. And Arnold Evacati is going to be that. He could go at 36 or he could go at 24. And it's really not going to be that much of a talent gap between those two guys. Yeah, we keep talking about this scenario where the Eagles stay at 15, possibly trade up if they have to, but then they trade back from 18, and then they have those two picks in like the mid-20s to late 30s. Mm-hmm. And there's just so many options for them in that area, and, that I, and I, like, I like all of them. Draft optionality is everything I'm about, and they're about positional versatility, so it's all about those options there for him. So I, I think that's a great prospect. I think he's going to do his no, – he's going to know his role, and he's going to play it well when he gets to the league, and he did it really well this past year, just flying off the line past tackles. So that's Arnold Ebicady. Loved his tape. So that was the edge rusher. And, again, Jermaine Johnson, love him. I just don't think we have a chance. That's the only reason why we didn't do it. Let's get into our last prospect. Very last one, the unicorn, the white whale for the Eagles that I want so badly, but I know not to get my hopes up. Let's finish with a Georgia guy because we love this Georgia defense, linebacker Nicobe Dean. So this is one of my favorite plays of the college football season is when he had this pick six um, where it was like 3 nothing Georgia for the longest time in that game. And then it was 24 nothing at halftime. And it all happened in about five minutes of real time. So that was the pick six there. So you're going to see a lot of this here on the film where, uh, again, an interception. Sideline the sideline, speed and athleticism from Dean. That's where you really want because linebackers, the role of linebacker has completely changed in the NFL these days. You need to be able to cover. You need to be able to beat running backs to the edge. You need to be able to cover tight ends. That's what the Kobe Dean is. He's got that speed. He's got that burst. He's got that athleticism. Um, people don't like how small he is. I get that because he's going to get beat up on some blocks. But I think you know what he does well and how to utilize him. And it's all about the speed. For a team that took Davion Taylor in the third round because they loved his speed sideline to sideline, you know, like that's what Nicobe Dean does well. You saw in that play. No one blocked him, and he immediately was in the backfield and was able to tackle uh, the, the the running back there. Again, untouched, too much speed, sack. That Arkansas game, I don't even remember, they ransacked Arkansas. We gave all that praise to their offense. Georgia had no problem destroying them. What do you got on Dean for me? Yeah, I don't know if you saw my notes on him. Uh, so I did have tiny as one of my notes, but the, yeah. the note right above that is weapon. He's an weapon. absolute weapon. Absolute um, weapon. Like, like you said, anyone that's going to be able to block him is not nearly as fast as him. And as a shorter guy that is, you know, I live in center city. There's, I'm around crowds a lot. It's much easier to just kind of bob and weave your way through crowds when you're, when you're, when you're a little guy. Yeah, very true. 
And listen, if the Eagles have a really strong defensive line, as they should, and maybe they take one of his teammates and bolster that defensive line, then you're really not worried about him in, in, in run-stopping coverage. You kind of know what you want out of him. And I really like the Kazir White signing. Hassan Raddick is an edge rusher, but there's still a hole that they've had for years in terms of linebackers and coverage. It's Alex Singleton. It's Nathan Gary. It's Eric Wilson. It's like all these guys who just didn't work. And they got that linebacker from the Chargers who who ended up, uh, unfortunately, like retiring. And they, they've tried all of these guys as these coverage linebackers. And it just it doesn't work. It hasn't worked. And TJ Edwards, can he be that coverage guy? I, I don't think so. So it just – and Davion Taylor, like he wasn't healthy last year. You want him to be that guy, but it's it's been two or three years now. And it hasn't happened yet. So you still have that hole. This kid plugs that hole for him. It's another one of those my weaknesses and my strengths type thing where like he's a defense, he's a DB sized linebacker, but he needs the versatility to be able to cover as a like a quasi DB. So it's Correct. not really a bad thing. In high school, we called that rover, where you played linebacker and safety because you were the size of a safety but you got that dog mentality of a linebacker and you could tackle real well. He called it Rover. I'd say N'Kobe Dean fits that Rover personality where he might be smaller, but you can see the appeal and it is the speed and it is the range and it is ability to get on you in a hurry. Uh, maybe one of my favorite notes from the night, from the night, just because of how straightforward it is elite range and closing speed. Correct. Easiest one. That's the simplest one we got, and you can see the appeal, especially in today's day and age as the football uh, as the football game progresses. It's a lot more does it passing. Feel like no one's talk- does it feel like no one's talking about him, though? Yes, it's weird, right? That's yeah. what I wanted to do him just because he's going to be in that middle range. He's a guy that we liked. The Eagles haven't taken a linebacker in 40 years, and I can't tell. Do people just don't like him? Or is this one of those things where people don't want to tip their hand? I can't tell That's with this point. kid. Yeah. He had one top 30 visit and it was with the Detroit Lions. It's like, is he going to fall? Are they thinking he's going to fall to the beginning of the second round? Because that just doesn't seem to add up with everyone's review of his talent and just like where he would fall. It just doesn't, you know what I'm saying? Where did, uh, where was he on the, the sharp analysis the big board in terms of, of players? Let, let's take a look here because it's just so so weird to me that no one is really just kind of talking about him. And then all of a sudden he, he – like he, you, you hear about him being like the, the number one linebacker in, in the draft class and like he's better than Devin Lloyd, like he's better than all these guys. And then it's like, all right, then why is no one taking a meeting with this kid? And you don't hear about any like red flags, right? He's he's the fifteenth overall best player on the Sharp Analysis Big Board. Hello, sound the alarms! It's pick fifteen right here. I don't know what's going on. He, he's intrigued. I want to do. It's a lot of teams that don't want to tip their hand. I think. Um, so. I think it, he he might just be one of these players where like don't even need to meet with him. Like if he's there, we're taking him. Yeah, that that could be it. Uh, and maybe um, like you've done enough that you know. Yeah. And the Lions probably just felt fine meeting with them. So like we pick it two and we pick it 32. You have no idea what we're doing. 
Yeah, yeah. Wild card, baby. <laughs> yeah. And they're, they're a team, too. Like, they could be like, all right, at 32, we could move up into the 20s and snag this kid if he's there. Or it could fall to us at 32. Who knows, depending on how the board is is playing out. I, uh, I, I'd be shocked if he were there at 32. Everybody, it's, I've never seen something like this where everybody loves him. There are no character red flags, and yet you don't hear about anyone being super high on him in terms of like trading up to drafting. Like George Pickens, his teammate, the wide receiver, I heard multiple people say he could end up being the best wide receiver in the draft. And a lot of people said he's not going to be the top receiver in the draft because they're really worried about who he is as a person. And the Kobe Dean keeps falling, and you don't hear that stuff about him. I I feel like were people talking about Micah that much last year either? They they were they said about the character concerns like that is That's his true. issue and he didn't play the season before because of the yeah COVID it's all a different situation yeah, yeah yeah this you watched him be on the greatest defense since the freaking Sean Taylor Miami Hurricanes yeah you know what if he goes second overall to the Lions you heard it here first how about that yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you can get pretty good odds on that. That'd be hilarious. It would be a very, uh, very Detroit move for sure. To completely reach on somebody. Yes, like an insane reach at two. So that's Nicobe Dean. That's the only linebacker that we did. The Eagles don't really value linebacker, but it was a very intriguing prospect who is right smack dab in the middle in terms of talent and projection. So that does it. Covered a lot of positions. Covered our defensive line. We covered our secondary. Obviously, the wide receivers. Uh, if you're here for the Eagles portion of this, we're talking trade ups, trade downs, trade up at 15, trade down at 18, question mark. Who knows? Could you kind of trade down and kind of help yourself up to get up at 51? A lot here, a lot of positions that they need. Howie Roseman himself has said we're not one guy away, which makes this all the more intriguing. So, Vince, any last thoughts on, on, the, uh, on the prospect breakdown? We didn't get to everybody, but I think we got to a lot. There, uh, there are no odds on the Kobe Dean that goes second overall, but there are odds on Matt Coral. So, are you purposely doing the name thing? <laughs> Corral, Matt Corral. I think it was I a like coin Corral. flip. Yeah. <laughs> that now that would be a twist. That would help the Eagles a ton. Yeah, I, I can't wait to see who reaches, because then you're like, oh, it's one, it's one less team that took a guy I wanted. I really hope – I don't – well, <laughs> I don't hope, but there would be part of me who's like, oh, wish we would have done them. Like one of these guys in the top ten, Derek Stingley, Sauce Gardner, Jermaine Johns, all these guys that I didn't think we had a chance at so we didn't do the breakdown, and you get the, the notification, the Eagles have traded up to pick eight. You're like, oh, shit, are we going to get one of these guys? And I'll be like, oh, I wish we did the breakdown on these guys. Just felt they were too well, years. Here's one guy we could have done the breakdown on. Uh, he went, so his draft position is 16 and a half. It's Trent McDuffie. No, I refuse. <laughs> I have I have morals and principles, and I will not do a breakdown of of you of Pac-12 players. Don't care. Don't want it. How how terrified are you of him being there at 15? Vince, I don't think you realize like the stakes of Thursday night. We're going to be in the third quarter of Sixers game. Game six of playoff series with the Eagles possibility of taking a wide receiver from USC or a cornerback from Washington. This could be it. We joke about this. No, this could be it. 
Like you will never hear from me again. This could be this <laughs> this could be the last time you hear my voice. Can you imagine? Uh, we lose. We lose. The Sixers lose because their guard from Washington can't play. Uh, not only can he not play, he can't even play when he's there. When he's eligible to play, he can't play. And then they could also draft a cornerback from Washington and just completely end all hopes of anything in this city ever being good ever again. I will not be mentally okay. It will not be good. It will not be good. <laughs> we got to end it on, on that positive note. note. No, we got to end it on positive. That was really good. I like a lot of these names. I think this will be an insane draft because it's just it's not a loaded draft class. And also the quarterback thing is really weird this year where they're kind of weak. So does anyone trade up or take them? So there's going to be a lot of uh, of options and optionality in the draft and things you consider reaches that might not be reaches. So I think it'll be really fun and it's going to keep everybody on their toes. Yeah, maybe the maybe the Raiders Raiders take a quarterback. They really that would one. that would be hilarious if they did if they took like Matt Corral or something like that. But we've done a lot of breakdowns. We plan on keep going straight through the draft. Check out our mock drafts if you haven't already. We're going to be doing one last final one before the draft, and then during the draft there will be a live stream live on our YouTube and the Twitter page Birds vs Boys at Birds vs Boys on Twitter, and obviously you can find it here if you're on the YouTube page. So that should be fun. That should be exciting. A lot that can happen on draft night. Can't wait to see it. Vince, you got anything left? Nope. We'll just hope this isn't the last time we're both ever recording something. That is for the Eagles and the Sixers to determine. (laughs) All right. That was fun. I love doing these breakdowns. Can't wait to go back and watch a lot more film and talk myself into six more guys before Thursday night. I know it'll happen, and I will see you then for the live stream. Chris Hansen here, and I'm going to need you all to take a seat right over there and check out Birds vs. Boys. I think you're completely right here, and I hate it. Idiots. Stop doing dumb things. I got two phones. Upside alert. Upside alert. I might go insane. I think you're already there. There's no hope. Hope is gone. If this was an AFC North podcast, we'd be done in 15 minutes. Bob Hope. I'm going to drink bleach. Keep the team you promised me you were going to be this year. This is the Consciously Hopeful Podcast. I'll be watching.